1: Bryce Young, Thursday night spotlight. Is tonight the night the number one pick puts it together? And Kyler Murray, all systems go for Arizona Sunday, but is that the best play for the Cardinals? And the bigger question would you rather have Kyler Murray or Caleb Williams? Ooh, let's go around that horn.
2: Uh. A month ago, easy answer. This month, it comes with Lincoln Riley, I'll tell you that much.
0: I don't have an assessment. I mean, we can't build cohesion if we don't have all our, our, our unit.
1: LeBron lacking answers after the Lakers' latest lax loss. 128-94 to Houston. No cohesion. 0-5 on the road to start the season. Terrible. Historic first quarters for the Lakers. Worst first quarter differential in NBA history through eight games. Same for three-pointer differential. All-time bad right now. Fewer threes and a lower percentage than every opponent in every game so far. <laughs> so we start in Los Angeles. Clinton Gates to you, is this start a big concern for the Lakers? And is LeBron's lack of an answer a big concern for the Lakers?
3: That's a bigger question, I would say, mainly because LeBron is the type of leader that usually has, if not an answer, at least an excuse on some level for what the team is going through. And in this particular case, that first quarter situation is a major problem. But let's not forget, this team started 2-10 and last year as well and was working their way out of that hole from a standing standpoint the entire time. Here's what I think the issue is with the Lakers. Number one, Austin Reeves is simply too much responsibility. He played so much more last season than he did the year before and with the FIBA tournament as well. With him handling the ball and doing all all these things, it just feels like for a young player, too Mm. much of the basketball has to go through him, and he is having trouble acclimating to it, especially when a guy like AD is out. Secondarily, I just feel that this team is a team that's not built for the regular season. I understand that last year they went far, but when you've got night-to-night different matchups, this isn't the same squad as a team that can adjust to an opponent over the course of a series, and it shows because of what you've seen so far. They're not a good basketball team right now. They've got to get better. It's just plain that simple in Los Angeles.
1: Tim show your view of the Lakers in your hearing of LeBron last night with no
4: answers. Well, I, mean, I think he just didn't want to answer because he doesn't – You know, I don't, I don't think he does okay. know, but I also think we're a little lost on the Lakers because of how far they went in the playoffs. Ten games to go in the regular season last year, that was a sub-500 team. They pretty much sprinted to get into the play-in situation and went on from there. Uh, as Clinton mentioned, they've played a lot of tough teams on the road, uh, so maybe they wouldn't have a good record. Now, Houston, you don't think of fitting into that mix – Although they've won four in a row, still you lost by thirty four points. Yeah. The other point the other point you gotta make, this is season twenty one for LeBron. This can't go on forever. It's already gone on way longer for him than Jordan or any other superstar All right. as far as But being. would you say the problem
1: is LeBron at the moment? I mean there were gonna be a minutes restriction. No, I the there's six to the- seven minutes
4: per game blowing past it already. We just think LeBron and a bunch of guys can walk on a basketball court and win, and maybe those days are over. Emily
1: Kaplan, I'll bring you in here. It's been said that this team is better built for the postseason than the regular season. That that may be true, but right now, what are you seeing with this team?
0: Well I'm seeing a team where injuries clearly are an issue. They're supposed to have a 10-man rotation. It's not ideal when you only have half of those guys available. You know one of the most predictive stats in the modern NBA is three-point shooting and the numbers that they've been putting up and the amount of shots that they're taking just isn't going to cut it. But I'm also questioning the coaching here. Like I look at this Jeff Green is a player that it's now obligatory to mention his age anytime he touches the ball. So 37-year-old Jeff Green should not be able to drive through that entire team untouched like he did last night. So I have to start questioning their effort and i feel like darvin ham it's a tough team to walk into right you've got lebron james generational superstar who also acts as coach and gm but it feels like ham just kind of wants to be buddies with the guys he's trying to excuse their effort and i think they need more accountability at this point now
1: pablo i turn to you i've heard about the coaching there from emily clinton said something interesting about maybe austin reeves being fast tracked a little too quickly and, and the league catching up to him in some ways what do you see with the lakers
2: I see LeBron James finally getting under 30 minutes in terms of time logged in a game because they got that humiliated. Yeah. Tony. That's the silver lining. And there ends my propaganda for the Los Angeles Lakers. Actually, it's a blessing in disguise that you're getting embarrassed by the Houston bleeping Rockets. So, what's going on with this team? I, I think it's stunning to me, Tony, that LeBron doesn't have an excuse, we've seen pleading of the fifth now two days in a row. Robert Tala with the Jets, LeBron James with the Lakers. Pleading the fifth is the new sounding of the alarm. And I would say that, well, they have a a second chance coming up here, but I would say that they are the worst in second chance points. And also the worst in second chance points allowed this is a team that on a bunch of different ways is not just embarrassing aesthetically they're historically slow coming out of the gate and i'm a big of course let's fetishize the post guy i get it i get all of that load management and so forth but it's just so bad so early that yeah alarm bells are what should be here Glenn yates back to you
3: The ceiling is pretty high for this team. We've seen how well they played. Look at them in the playoffs last year. They had the best differential against a team, the Nuggets, that eventually won the title. But they almost have to play perfect basketball in order to get there, and if the wheels fall off before they even get to the end of the regular season, it's going to be another bust for a team that claims to to be all about championship.
4: To Clinton's point, I still don't think we know beyond the Denver Nuggets who is really good in the West? There are a lot of teams, because they have older superstars, we think, oh, Phoenix is going to be good. They'll be right there. Or, or, or the Clippers, because they got all the old superstars. But we don't really know who's going to be on Denver. That gives the Lakers a chance.
1: Road trip goes one more game further, and it is in Phoenix, but winless on the road to start the season. Tough way to start. We'll move on. Thursday night, Football Panthers-Bears. The spotlight for the number one pick, Bryce Young in primetime. Been a bumpy road for him and Carolina, one and seven. The freshest memory of a rookie quarterback any of us have is CJ Stroud's record setting, comeback, and near-perfect game last week. We haven't seen anything like that from Young. So, Tim, is there pressure tonight to perform against a team that's thrown at a rookie of their own undrafted Tyson Beijing?
4: When you're the number one overall pick, there's pressure every game, and, and it's whether it's fair to him or not, that's the way it is. I can tell you about Troy Aikman's winless rookie season and a lot of other quarterbacks who, who survived after not doing much as a rookie. But for me, the game is interesting because the Carolina Panthers are the team that make the Chicago Bears look astute. They look like they're on top of the world. They've got that pick, if, and if they win this game, this is the biggest game for the Bears the rest of the season. If they beat the Lions in an upset, that's nice, but given where the Bears aren't going, it doesn't really matter. But if they can continue to bury that first-round pick, they have Carolina's first-round pick. They already have two starters, two rookie starters, and D.J. Moore from that trade, and now they're going to get a high pick. That's going to turn out to be the Bears' Herschel Walker trade and get that franchise going again. Emily Kaplan.
0: Isn't it rich that we're talking about a team overreaching for a quarterback, throwing the farm for him because they're so bullish about him, and not putting that quarterback in a position to succeed? And then everyone questioning whether they should have taken a quarterback later in that round. And we're not talking about Mitch Trubisky and Pat Mahomes. Like, I disagree with Tim here. I feel like this game is actually an indictment on the Bears because, sure, DJ Moore has more receiving yards than any Bears receiver had of all of last year. We're only halfway through the season. And sure, they're set up for the next season, but this is just a microcosm of how they. They failed themselves to draft and develop quarterbacks. And last spring, they had an opportunity to move on from Justin Fields, who they're clearly unsure about, and get C.J. Stroud themselves. for Bryce Young, like, look, I just don't think that it's a great situation where you have Adam Thielen as your top receiver. I think there's a lot of things around him. But this is going to look at Dave Tepper as an owner because it was so clear that he was the one that was sold on Bryce Young so early in the process. So do you stick with him or does he, like, completely blow things up, fire the coach, fire the GM, and what do we have with the Panthers now and their new owner?
1: Wow, you're already going there. Well, Pablo, I'll turn to you. Whether it's fair or not, the comparisons between Bryce Young and, let's say, C.J. Stroud, they're going to happen. C.J. Stroud's weapons, as Emily just kind of referred to with Bryce Young's, aren't also pro bowlers. And the numbers he puts up, it's not what we've seen from Young.
2: Yeah, Tony, let's just be clear about the contrast here. We're coming off a week in which CJ Stroud set the rookie record 470 yards passing, five touchdowns for a quarterback. And Bryce Young, on the other end, threw not just three picks, he threw two picks, sixes to the same guy. And so when it comes to trading up to get one and losing out on another, and then that team, the Panthers, playing a team who holds their draft pick and has the better chance of drafting yet another reset button franchise quarterback, should they beat the sorry state of the Panthers right now, led by Bryce Young? Well, all of this feels like insult added to insult. And so, yes, if you're the Bears, huge game, press the reset button. Maybe you get Drake May, maybe you get Caleb Williams. But right now, I'd rather be the Bears than the Panthers. That's an interesting way to think about it. Clinton Yates, how do you answer that question Pablo just posed?
3: Uh, You know, I think I'd probably rather be the Bears because what I have, I think, is better Mm. than what they have. But the pressure Mm. here, to me, is on the front office of the Carolina Panthers. Say what you want about whether or not the kid's any good. You picked him number one. You're the one with the supposed quarterback quarterback guru head coach. Why is he not getting better? What's happening here? Again, worst coach position in the league, Tony. If you're going to put that many eggs in that Mm. basket, you better make sure your development is where it needs to be. It's not for the Panthers. This is actually one of the most interesting Thursday night games we've had in a while for exactly this week, mm. a double get-right game doesn't happen often in this league. And this is one for both. Dallas Show, you referenced Troy
1: Aikman before. He had one of, he was 0-11 in his rookie year. 11. The leash he was given was long. Does that even exist now? Do they even make leashes like that in today's NFL? <laughs>
4: well, we judge players a lot more quickly now in, in a lot of different ways than we did in 1989. That's what, that's what Bryce Young has to wrestle with. That's the hard
1: part for Emily, you just heard all the panelists say they'd rather be Chicago than Carolina today. What do you think of that?
0: Um, sure, of course. Like, they've got a ton of cap space for next year, and they have all these draft picks. But you look at Bryce Young. it's this guy that you're super sold on, and you can't even get him to look good halfway through the season. And well, we'll see what happens it,
1: it should be said, this year, quarterback in the NFL is a year unlike any others. There have already been 46 starters in this half a season so far. So 14 first-time starters coming in. We'll talk about Kyler Murray's return next.
2: Around the horn is presented by Crown Royal. Live generously and life will treat you royally. Please drink responsibly.
3: Look outside. That tree, that grass, those hedges, that calls for outdoor-grade outdoor power equipment. And that's where the Echo E-Force
1: battery system belongs. Its birthplace, its workplace, its showplace. E-Force is all grind, no gimmicks. 56 volt outdoor power equipment specifically made for the outdoors. Conceived by specialists, tested by arborists, made for perfectionists. Echo E-Force isn't just a battery system. It's an outdoor-grade battery system. Echo. Power on. And on. Okay, if we're going to recreate this old pic of us that Mom posted, we've got to get the outfits right.
3: Well, for some reason, I can't find gauchos with a matching shrug anywhere. Let
1: me try on my Samsung Galaxy S24 Ultra. I just use the S Pen to circle the outfit in the post, and bam, five sites to buy it from right here.
0: Shut up! How did you— You shut it. Mom's coming. Mom's coming cute outfit get me one
3: (laughs) (laughs) circle it find it with the new galaxy s24 ultra and circle the search with google upgrade now at samsung.com internet connection required results may vary based on visuals
2: welcome back to around the horn brought to you by chase coming to you from the seaport district at pier 17
1: continuing on qb conundrum arizona green lighting kyler murray to return to action sunday How they play their quarterback in present and future is intriguing. Murray off the severe injury last year, the ACL tear. Whether he still is the future of this franchise, or maybe the prospect of Caleb Williams if they get the number one pick. And that's the position they're in right now, tracking towards that number one pick after their one win start. Clinton Yates, what should the Cardinals' priorities be here? With Kyler likely to start Sunday.
3: I think their priorities have to be in figuring out whether or not their initial investment in Kyler was worth it. One of the issues with him wasn't just injury early on, it was whether or not he was mature enough to be a quarterback in the league. You've got to hope that after all this time, maybe the film study has gone up, maybe he's grown up a little bit, and maybe people playing just like him a little bit better. They've spent too much money and too much time on this kid to just say, guess what, you're out of here just because we've got another pick. One in the bush rather, you know, in terms of who they might be able to acquire in a draft. Tim Kalisha.
4: Let me say this carefully because Kyler won three straight championships, state championships, right up the road here in Allen, Texas. Kyler Murray playing now for Arizona isn't going to make a bit of difference in them winning football games. He's not going to go out and win with no DeAndre Hopkins, with no defense like they had two years ago, with no running game. And if they want to entertain the idea of drafting a quarterback, he has zero trade value right now. He's a highly, highly paid quarterback who's made one playoff appearance and was terrible and isn't even playing right now. So they need to showcase him at the very least. So the
1: strategy is to hope that he plays and plays well, but they don't win games? Is that what I'm um, hearing Tim
4: Kalisha argue for here? That, that won't be hard to do. That won't be hard to do. Whew, Emily Kaplan. He can play well and they can lose.
0: Yeah, I think this is the strategy. I mean, for years we have heard all these negative leaks from the Cardinals around Kyler Murray, his video game habits, his work ethic, and now all of a sudden we're hearing some positive leaks, like how hard he's worked in rehab and how much he's studying. So it feels like their priority is upping his trade value so that all those quarterback needy teams in 2024 will give them something for him. And Pablo Torre.
2: Yeah, you build a market for Kyler Murray now. You do not win games right now. That is not part of the plan for the Arizona Cardinals. They just traded Josh Dobbs. Remember remember the genius Josh Dobbs, the literal like rocket scientist who was learning offenses on the sideline? The, he was on this team. He got rid of him. They could use a guy like that. Don't want him because they want to lose. They want Drake May. They want Caleb Williams. Don't want Kyler, but maybe someone else. All does. right, so there it is. Gut, gut check. Would you rather have Kyler Murray or Caleb
1: Williams? Clinton Yates? I'll
3: take Kyler Murray right now. I've seen it what he's going to be in the NFL. Long. I don't know what Caleb Williams is going to be in the NFL. Ooh, wow, you really
1: took some that time that to think to about to it, considering th- I said it about eight minutes ago with the tease of the show. show, how about you?
4: <laughs> it doesn't take that long to answer that question. Caleb Williams, you'd rather have it. Emily Kaplan.
0: If I'm an owner, I want Kyler Murray because he's not threatening for my job. Hmm.
2: Pablo Torre. Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams, Caleb We'll
1: move on. Fire sell 2, Giannis's ejection last night. You're seeing his second technical of the night. Was it because of the flex? Was that even a flex? Came in early second half, but the Bucks held on to win without him. Tim, that call for a technical and then what amounted to an ejection off of that flex, is that lame call or should Giannis know and be smarter with one technical already?
4: You saw the defender look to the ref right away. He knew that could get called. We can debate whether that is the most outrageous thing you've ever seen, but when you do have one technical, you do need to be smarter, and I don't buy this. You can't kick superstars out of games. We already have, and Giannis isn't one of the worst. We already have a lot of whining superstars in this league. We don't need to bend the rules so that they can't be.
1: Mm, technical get foul. off my lawn, says Tim Callis. Emily Kaplan, how about you?
0: traveling around covering the NHL, I've gotten to know refs, and they feel the best games are the ones where they can leave and no one talks about them or even knows their name. Instead, I know all about Squat Chordowski. I feel like I've Googled him. I know that he also threw out the sinasses last year, gave him a technical on the bench. It felt like the ref made this about himself, and that is not cool.
2: Mmm, Pablo Torre. Yeah. Since when did Adam Silver and Tim Kalishaw, for that matter, become the mayor from the town in Footloose? Like, why? Are we, why do we care about <laughs> making sure that Giannis, who is six foot ten or whatever it is, seven feet tall, can't point out the obvious that another person is smaller than him? That's the capital offense now that we're ruining all these people's nights for. Really? That's what we're doing. Glenn Yates. Referencing
3: a much better movie, it's not personal, Sonny. It's strictly business, and that's where I think the adjudication of this trash talk is ridiculous. It's part of the business of the NBA for guys to be tracking, talking trash to each other. Let them do it. I don't understand why every single look or glance or whatever is considered a problem in this league. That's how people play the game. They're the best ones, obviously. They're Tim, you
1: like to pick up the pieces of your life after you've been called the mayor of Footloose here so over (laughs)
4: Uh, I took that as a compliment, Oh yeah, I like like where that's right. I'm fine with that, (laughs)
1: I'm good with that. We'll move on, Georgia, Ole Miss, Saturday, Lane Kiffin says pressure is on Georgia, quote, they're the number one team in the country, they haven't lost at home in four years, we're little Ole Miss, we're double-digit underdogs going there at night, I mean, what's there to lose, end quote. Emily, buy or sell the strategy here, and who do you think has more pressure on them Saturday?
0: It pains me to say it, but Lane Kiffin is right. The pressure this late in the season is for the undefeated team to make it easy on the college selection committee and not join that one-loss murkiness. Also, Kirby Smart and Lane Kiffin were assistants together under Nick Saban. He is the one uh, team, uh, Mississippi is the one team that Kirby Smart hasn't beaten, so I'm sure that's on his uh, mind. They
1: haven't played it in a few years. Pablo Torre, how about you?
2: Lane Kiffin has a point. My problem with Lane Kiffin's point is that it sounds like it's better delivered by, like, Lane Kiffin's burner account. Like Lane Kiffin saying, "Oh, Ole Miss, <laughs> why would it? Little, oh, like really? You're, come on, man. We know who you are. We know you would be mad if you lost this game. I don't believe you, even if you have, yes, a kernel of truth at the center of it."
3: Yeah, we know who Lane Kiffin is. Lane Kiffin is saying, I'm coming to the dance. I don't have a date. I might be leaving with your date, and that's your problem. This is peak Lane Kiffin. This is exactly the attitude he should have with Ole Miss going up against the guy who's trying to get a bunch of votes for homecoming king. I love this out of him. Tim Kalisha.
4: His premise is correct, but the problem is the pressure comes when you get out on the field and it doesn't matter if it's football or basketball or you can be playing golf. If that other person or other team is way better than you, that's the pressure. Because you're afraid of getting embarrassed, and that's what you feel.
1: But then after it's over and you win, you get to say,
4: Nobody do! Everybody doubted us!
1: Yeah, buddy, Just call yourself a little old miss. Nobody gave me a chance today. Call is show- everybody. Sorry, nobody gave this a chance. Showdown, Dex.
0: Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers.
2: Hunt for muddy puddles and bravely explore exciting places with pepper play sets, pepper pig, inspiring kid confidence.
3: There's a lot that could impress you about the all new Honda Prologue EV. True. It's got class leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda Honda, the power of dreams, Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more.
2: Around the Horn is presented by Crown Royal. Live generously and life will treat you royally. Please drink responsibly.
1: Showdown treats you reality right here. show Torre. Angels hiring Ron Washington as their manager. Most recently third base coach for Atlanta. But you'll remember, of course, back-to-back World Series. Running, Texas, and one very special Kevin Black. is on but so I'm really week. glad to be
4: here. <laughs> Tim, is Rob Washington the right hire for the Angels and maybe Shohei Ohtani? Absolutely, the right hire. I'm very glad to see him. He, he became the guy who cost them the World Series instead of the guy who led them to two World Series. That's how he should have been viewed. And he's a great teacher and he's a great guy with the players. Pablo.
2: Glad he has the job. He's an old-school guy, looks old-school, acts old-school, but can work inside of a new-school sort of a system. But also, man, Ron Washington, Tony, he's the fifth manager since 2018 the Angels have hired. Probably not going to be there for that long, statistically
1: speaking. I never even thought that Ron Washington lost them the World Series, Tim. The fact that you even brought it up. Was the only reason why I've I'm ever heard of that he's before? Saying unfairly and viewed
4: as the guy who didn't. It is unfair, and you were just right unfair
1: here. to bring it up right there. We'll move on. Nevada <laughs> Wolfpack may need a new name. The Batmen. Their arena has a bat problem. For years, like clockwork, in November during migratory patterns, they have bats here. Steve Alford is not a fan.
0: The
4: bat thing is getting pretty embarrassing, and it needs to be fixed. We are a. Big-time basketball program, and we shouldn't be dealing with bats. We shouldn't have a stoppage of play because (laughs) we're dealing with diving bats.
1: Pablo, embarrassing nuisance or home court advantage?
2: The hero they need, even if they don't deserve him, is (laughs) Manu. There's an answer here. There's a man who has experience, a set of skills. Give me Manu.
4: That is Steve Alford's way of (laughs) saying 30 years ago I was a god in Indiana, basketball kingdom. (laughs) What am I doing here? Bats are magnificent mammals. 21% of all the mammals on planet Earth
2: are bats. They don't have a bat problem. They have a people problem. FaceTime. time. Pablo. As the host of Pablo Torre finds out, I find stuff out. Tony, my ears are picking up. A uh, signal in the break. Um, not the mayor of the town in Putloose who was responsible for the dancing band. It was a reverend played by John Lithgow. Apologies to John Lithgow. The <laughs> legacy should be respected. Love John Lithgow. That's on me. I love John, John, Lithgow. John Lithgow. He's a great villain. Love
4: John Lithgow. Dexter. Loved him as Winston
3: Churchill. <clears throat> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks. Predicting upsets. Winning my bracket group